Hi, I'm Mike Wan from the USGA, together with Thomas Pagel, our Chief Governance Officer. Today we introduced a notice and comment together with the RNA. We wanted to take a couple minutes to explain to you a little bit about what it is, uh, why it is, and maybe how do we move forward from here. So in a quick what it is, this is the fourth step in a long, deliberate, very transparent process in addressing distance over the long run. This is the fourth time we've provided some feedback on where our, where our head is at between us and the RNA and provided an opportunity for the industry to give us that feedback. A notice and comment is kind of what it sounds like. It's our, it's our opportunity to notify the industry of a specific proposed rule change and potential timing. From here, we'll sit back this summer and spring and listen to the feedback before moving to the next step. So that's a little bit about what a notice and comment is. Thomas, maybe you can help us a little bit about why, why this and why now. Yeah, Mike, so, so first, you hit on notice and comment and, and the notice for proposed rule change, and that's exactly what this is. We're coming out proposing a rule change that would introduce a model local rule for a golf ball that could be used at elite competition. So you think of fields with the longest hitting players like the US Open, US Amateur, or similar fields. And, and this model local rule, we would, it would have new standards. These standards would be more reflective of the longest hitters of today, because frankly, they've just outpaced our current standards that, that we test under. And so that leads to the why. I mean, from a why perspective, distance continues to increase. The trends are clear. Uh, yes, there are periods that are flat at times, but then another periods of time where distance grows at a faster rate. But on average, over the last 40 years, we see about one yard per year of increased hitting distance. Now, with those increased hitting distances, we also see an increased uh, in course length. And that's where if you look long term, this is not about fixing today. The game's healthy today. But if you uh, look long term at those changes 20, 30, 40 years from now, that's not sustainable for a game from a golf course perspective. And so that's really one of the reasons we're, we're coming in and proposing this change today. Let me reiterate three things that you said. Number one, this MLR is an option for elite competition, and it joins 80 other MLRs that exist in the game. It doesn't require a change of the rules, right? I mean, we're talking about the same rules of the game. It's just an MLR. Uh, number two, um, what we're talking about here is something that has zero impact, zero impact on the recreational game, zero impact on recreational golf equipment, clubs and balls that are con conforming today. And number three, it's reflective of the most common feedback we've heard over the years in which we've been asking for feedback, whether you're talking to tour players, whether you're talking to teaching associations, whether you're talking to retailers or manufacturers, please don't impact the recreational game in a negative way. Uh, the game is healthy. We don't see recreational golf obsoleting golf courses anytime soon, and there's not as many forward tees as you think if you make the recreational game a little bit shorter. So I think those are three important things as we think about. But Thomas, does this change in MLR ball, if implemented at elite competition, does it um, eliminate the, the desire or the opportunity to pursue distance? Absolutely not. And by use of a model local rule, right, again, this is focused on the fields with the longest hitters in the game. And one, one thing we know for sure is the long players will always be the long players. Right. And this desire for increased athleticism to get bigger, faster, stronger, that will continue to be part of the game as well. Right. Now, average tour player, we're probably looking at 14 or 15 yards on average from a reduction standpoint if this model local rule were implemented in 2026. Now, what that means, if again, if we look at those trends, the long-term trends, that means 14 or 15 years from now, we'll be right back where we are today from a distance perspective. But the great thing about the model local rule is it'll offer us the ability to, again, update our standards to be more reflective of, of the player at that time. Got it. So we've been, uh, we've been implementing these kind of tests since 1976, 86, 2004. Each time we update them, we better try to replicate the speeds of the game at the longest hitters. It's the same thing we're doing 
with this LLR. So that's a little bit about what the notice and comment is and why the notice and comment has been proposed at this point from the USGA and the RNA. I'll end it with a little bit of how do we move forward from here. So as the name suggests, this is a notification and now it leads to a comment period. And the rest of this spring and this summer, we'll take those comments from the industry, we'll continue our own research with the plan to provide a further update at the end of this year. I'll end it with just one common thought that we talk about internally a lot, but maybe don't share with others is, Governance is hard. There's nothing we could say today that would make 100% of our audience say, hey, great idea. Some of you will think 14 yards, that's not nearly enough. And some of you will think 14 yards, don't touch the game, or I don't like MLRs. I get all of that. Our job is to not focus on today, as Thomas said, nothing to fix today, but making sure the next generation and the generation that follow that will inherit a game at least as good as we inherited. Notice and comment from the USGA and the RNA. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Mike. Welcome back to this special edition of the Fairways of Life show. So that special announcement from Thomas Pagel and from Mike Wan came from the United States Golf Association. It was released to us uh, as well as I'm sure every other member of the media after the Fairways of Life show went off air this morning. There then was the press conference at 10 o'clock, which was uh, between Thomas Pagel, uh, Mike Wan, Martin Slumbers, and Steve Otto, the latter two of the RNA, uh, Janine Driscoll was moderating it from uh, the USGA World Headquarters. And they essentially announced that they are going to, they're proposing the adoption of a model local rule. And a model local rule is what golf's governing bodies put into place before and sometimes otherwise before making it a hard and fast rule. So a model local rule says this is how we think this should be dealt with. This is how it should be done. And both Martin Slummers, who, of course, the RNA administers the Open, aside from all of their other competitions, but the, but the primary one, the Open, and with the United States Golf Association, at least relative to these discussions of limits in distance, operates the U.S. Open. And both of those gents said that, yes, they're going to adopt these new standards in their competition. They don't have to wait for someone to agree or disagree with them as, as to their competitions. They said that it's going to be enacted uh, in January of 2026 as it is proposed. The way that it works currently is that the, the current robot testing speed of a golf ball is 120 miles per hour. That 120 miles per hour, they are proposing moving up to 127 miles per hour. The maximum distance that golf's governing bodies allow hasn't changed. It is 317 yards with a variance of one yard. So call it 320 if you please. Currently, the average speed on the PGA Tour is 115. So currently, the difference between where the PGA Tour is and where the testing is, is five miles per hour. But the proposal is to move a 12 and a half, no, not a half, but 12 miles per hour different from where the average is currently to where they want it to go. And they feel that they need to go to that level because of the advancements in distance. In other words, the, the golf's governing bodies are saying to stay out in front of this. We're going to increase the robot testing upwards to 127 miles per hour. Now, the impact that they are saying that it's going to have across the board is somewhere you just heard uh, 
Thomas talking about it, somewhere in the vicinity of 14, 15 miles per hour for the average PGA Tour uh, yards, I'm saying, uh, not miles per hour, but yards, uh, for the average PGA Tour player. Uh, that's based upon studies that show that a one-mile-per-hour difference in club head speed results in about 2.3 yards of distance. So by slowing down, going from 120 to 127, that's going to be an average distance difference of about 16.1 yards. You follow me? That's going from where the testing is now to where the testing's actually going. However, the part that people don't understand is that it is disproportionate, meaning that the slower that you swing the golf club, the more that you're going to be impacted. In other words, the more distance that you're going to lose. So that while their calculation is that the average tour player is going to lose somewhere in the vicinity of 15 yards, my calculation based on physics is 16.1 yards. However, because they have less club head speed than the average, what I just gave you is a distance between 120 and 127, and there's only 22 players that are even in that ballpark on tour. 22. So as a result, if you're looking at it based upon the average swing speed of 115, we're looking at a, an average that I'm looking at at least 20 yards, maybe more, 20 to 25 yards by my calculation which would take us somewhere somewhere between 20 and 30 years back in terms of the distance that the players are hitting the ball. Now, you may hear that and go, I'm not t- I'm, look, I'm not trying to tell you that because I'm trying to put judgment on it. That's not my intent in, in giving you this information. My, my intent is to simply make you understand the impact of what they're talking about. And it doesn't just impact the driver. That's really important for people to know. They're talking about a golf ball that's going to impact at that same percentage every club you hit, every one, across the board. So it has a dramatic impact in the entirety of, of the game because what they're, what they're focusing on is the driver. The golf's governing bodies are trying to protect golf courses from becoming obsolete because players are hitting the ball as far as they are. Having said that, the players who are hitting the ball as far as they are is still a small percentage of the total percentage of players. However, where there is merit in their discussion is the fact that players across the board at the elite level have been gaining yardage consistently over the course of the last two, three in particular decades. As a result, if that trend continued at the same pace, where would the game be 50 years from now? That's the reason why reasonable minds can look at this and go, okay, I see what you're doing and I see why you're doing it. From my part when I look at this, my takeaway with everything that I've seen and heard so far is that I would have liked to have seen more of a graduated step process to slow it down going from 120 which there's hardly any players at 120 on the pga tour the handful might be five or six that can that can reach those kind of numbers consistently i'm not talking about when 
uh, Bryson was sending out videos when, when he was trying to reach these mad numbers, of which, frankly, he's backed off from because he hurt himself doing it. But if the average is at 115, the testing is at 120, and now you're moving it up proposed to 127, that is going to have an adversely negative impact on the slowest swinging players. I know that sounds like a celebration of the obvious, and it is because it's going to be dramatic, and it's not just the driver. It's every club they hit. The longest players, as they, as they said in the press conference, are going to continue to be the longest players. That was the case. That is going to be the case. So when I look at this, my, my reaction personally is, while I support the effort, I just think it's too much too fast. If, as Mike Wine was saying, that they think that in, say, I think it was 15 years was the time frame that he referenced, that they're going to be back in the same position going, okay, what are we going to be doing now because of the advancements and all the elements that go into distance, technology being one of them, fitness, training, course conditions, et cetera, all play a part. And again, what I'm talking to you about, the, the numbers that I'm talking to you about are not mystery numbers. They, they, everyone knows them. I didn't hear him say anything about putting more spin in the golf ball, which I would have loved to have heard. Because there was a lot of talk, uh, Martin Slummers in particular, talking about the integrity of the game, and it still should be based upon skill which makes me scratch my head a little bit because I don't think that we could assume that anyone that makes it to the highest tiers to the elite level of a game lacks skill. Can you truly make it just by being a massive bomber of the golf ball? If that was the case, why isn't everyone that's in the long drive competitions playing on the PGA Tour? So, but if, if skill was, was an objective in terms of hitting the ball in the middle of the club face and controlling, how about putting more spin in the golf ball? So there was – obviously the response is, plural, are coming in fast and heavy. A Kushnet already released one of their responses. Uh, this was this was forwarded to me. I did not receive this for some reason, but it was forwarded to me by a, by another source. And a Kushnet is against this plan, which was Martin Slumbers called it a split model. They they were not they didn't use the word bifurcation. Thomas Pagel said he wouldn't argue with someone that that wanted to debate the word, but the word that Martin Slumbers used was a split model which I kind of feel like it's, it's, there's, it, at some point it's arguing over semantics there. But there has been a, a press release, and David Maher, the president and chief executive officer of the Akushnet Company, uh, came out with a number of different comments. He said, as we see it, existing golf ball regulations, I'm quoting, for overall distance and initial velocity are highly effective. During the past two decades, a PGA Tour – Average course 
playing length has increased less than 100 yards and scoring average has remained virtually flat. The average PGA Tour clubhead speed of 114.6 miles per hour in 2022 was well below the current 120 mile per hour and proposed 127 mile per hour conditions. The proposal of golf ball bifurcation is in many aspects a solution in search of a problem. He continued by saying, playing by a unified set of rules is an essential part of the game's allure, contributes to its global understanding and appeal, and eliminates the inconsistency and instability that would come from multiple sets of equipment standards. Unification is a powerfully positive force in the game, and we believe that equipment bifurcation would be detrimental to golf's long-term well-being. As a result, we will actively participate in the conversation with the governing bodies, Worldwide professional tours, PGA professional organizations, amateur associations and federations, and golfers in an effort to contribute to the continued enjoyment and growth of the game. Close quote that from a Kushnet. Okay, so one shoe drops there. What are they saying? What's the reaction to that? How do you interpret that? The way that I interpret that is two things. One is that Titleist is saying, the guy at home is wants to buy the ball that the best in the world are using. He One, because he believes it contributes to their success, and two, because he wants to, to approximate the same as much as he's possibly capable of doing. The second observation I have is relative to the comments that David made. The, that last sentence. As a result, we will actively participate in the conversation with governing bodies. Okay, let me stop at each, each part here. As a result, we will actively participate in this conversation with the governing bodies. That, to me, is title is saying we're going to continue our conversation with the RNA and, and the USGA in earnest. Then he goes on to say worldwide professional tours, PGA professional organizations, amateur organizations and federations and golfers, dot, dot, dot. That tells me that they are aligning their forces and influences on those organizations who would otherwise be left to adopt this model local rule. Because remember, the governing bodies are not saying it's in the rule books hard and fast. This is your new life. They are saying it is a model local rule. So you, PGA Tour, DP World Tour, amateur golf organizations, be them collegiate or otherwise, you are being asked to adopt this. And it sounds to me like they want to be in a conversation with everybody to say, wait a minute, is this actually the best for the game? Now, you may hear all this and go, okay, why? I can see their commercial reason for doing it. They said it's, they said it's bigger than that. Say it again, please, Dom. Dom's waiting behind me. I'm going to go to. I'll go to him in a second here for, so we get so get more response because I'm not sure people are responding. So so people are people are seeing and hearing this and going, okay, I get the I get their commercial perspective on it. They they want the guy at home to want the same ball that's being played. Having said that, I think it was critically important that the amateur got protected in this. Critically important. Dom, what are we hear- bring in now? What are we hearing from the people? Um, plenty. Uh, should not have been done, uh, as some people are saying. <laughs> to, protect, to protect championship golf courses from becoming too short, all they need to do is cap the compression of golf balls 
say, to 105 or 100. That way it doesn't hurt recreational golfers. I'm with Matt. I can appreciate the effort, but executing in this manner is a big miss. F1, he's talking about car racing, the most tech-based sport on earth has been doing this for years, reducing, reducing engine size to the point it's amazingly small. It's a pitch and putt game now, hitting short irons onto par fives. All the pros will ask is that tourneys use the same ball as it's consistently as they chase the most. That they chase the most. Not sure I get that one. Uh, I would rather make courses more penal out past 290. So there's a lot of people here commenting about why not just mess with the golf course setup or otherwise. Uh, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around all this, Matt, because this stuff happened. Uh, there's a lot going on here, and it's a word I used earlier. Uh, I, even though you are telling me it's simple and basic, maybe I'm stupid and dumb, but <laughs> to me it's it feels complex and extremely layered, and I'm not sure that that they can make a change in one area without there being a dramatic ripple effect in 50 other areas that may be related and may be unrelated because of, I mean, like the stuff these guys are talking about with the golf courses, there's so much variability with golf courses, not only with conditions and weather and wind, but length and how you cut the grass. And how, I mean, you can do whatever you want with the golf course setup to alter how the golf course is played, whether distance is impacted or not impacted. So it just seems crazy complicated to me. But if what you're saying is accurate with regards to the mile per hour numbers and the the disproportionate nature with which the yardage is going to be impacted by the middle to lower players on the PGA Tour... I mean, it's even worse in the 1980s or whatever you and I were talking about off the air. I mean, you'll, you'll have guys, if they've got, because there are guys on tour with swing speeds that are like 106, 108. I mean, like, I think Brendan Todd's average is like 107. 105, if you the, told me. Yeah, 105, whatever. And he's a winner on the PGA Tour. If what you're saying is true in terms of the yardage, in terms of the accuracy... The amount of yardage someone like Brendan Todd will lose, to your point, not just with a driver, but with his eight iron, will be so impactful for the guys on the low end, not the average. If you're looking on the TV side and you see the, the yardage there for the average, the, the average mile per hour, if, if you're lower tier, if you're 105 or lower, I, could we be talking about guys not being able to compete? Like they talked on that on that press conference call about skill like whether skill has been impacted whether a player's skill has been ruined because of the advent of technology well now you might be talking about if if i don't think it's that speculative if you're talking about it's someone like brendan todd who's, if you're at 105 miles per hour if his if his yardage drops massively 20 30 yards in terms of how far he can carry a golf ball you're going to impact a pga tour winner who couldn't be more skillful. He's the most skillful Dom, golfer you've ever met. As you just noted, it's it's physics and it's math. So Brendan Todd is going to lose, based upon the new parameters, 39.1 yards. You tell me what the average driving distance is of Brendan Todd, and that's going to be his new driving distance. So if you took someone like, for example, 
uh, Joel Damon is 110, we just said, right? Joel Damon is going to lose. So he's five miles per hour off the standard. 280. Brendan Todd is 280 well, is his average. You said 39 yards is what that would be? 39.1 is what, is what he would lose. He would, he'd be hitting it just over 240 yards based upon this, now, this reduction. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't that inhibit his ability to continue to participate on the PGA Tour? That's it too would. big. That's, it would. And it's, it, it, because it's not just the driver, the driver would be a major impact, but it would also impact him with every other club that he hits as well. Each one of them would be proportionately shorter than what they were previously. Uh, Joel Damon, if uh, I was going through the calculation on that too, he was, he was, he's five miles per hour less than the average, and the average that it gets standard against is going up. So he'd be 12 times 2.3 he'd be he would lose about 27 almost 28 yards someone's Joel asking Damon, can you post believe... the formula for distance with club speed just so you're understanding it, it's 2.3 correct matt 2.3 yards that's correct yes 2.3 yards on average per mile per hour yes i know that's it's right. not on the chart andrew that you have on that you can put that up Bearing i know it's mind, not on there but that's is, what this it is. is the part this is the part that a lot of people don't understand a golf club, a driver, for example, is a symphony of technology. And the, the real reality is, is that for the vast majority of slower club head speeds, which I realize also hits many of the recreational game, they're never able to employ all of the technology because they, they don't hit the ball hard enough. The, the, the club speed is too slow. So the slower your club head speed, the more you're going to get impacted by the loss of distance. So when I'm saying 2.3, I'm saying that being as conservative as we possibly can be on the upside of what you may or may not lose when it's probably going to go the other direction. All I'm saying is that the impact of what they're doing is going to be a lot more than it's. Will it's the disparity be the larger? Pardon me? Will it, but will the disparity be larger? So if Brendan yes. Todd's now at 240, what is Rory going to be at? Rory's going to lose how many yards? 17 yards or something? Champ. What's the average driving distance camera champ? He has 125 mile, mile per hour swing speed. 315. So at, a, at, 100, at 125 mile per hour swing speed, based upon the new standard, he's going to lose six yards. So Cameron Champ is going to go down to 309 yards. Right? Where was, where was Brendan Todd? He was at 280, and now he's, he's at 280 be, right or, now. You think he's going to drop all the way down to like 240? He's going to go down to 240, right? 240 to, to, to 309. Wait, why is Cameron Champ only losing six? Explain that to because, me again. Because Hold he's on. only two miles per hour below the new testing standard. And he's each at mile per hour is 2.3. Pardon mile me? per hour. Because he's at 125 miles per hour with his yeah. swing speed. Yeah, and I even said he was going to lose six. It's actually less than that. It's more like five. All right, I'm getting lost in the math. Okay. Either way, I'm. What, well, I would be concerned about the impact on the middle and lower tier guys. If everything we're saying is true, the impact could be. Because right now, the because again, 
if you look at this more holistically, right, you're talking about the haves and have-nots on tour, right? So right now, today, assume this press conference never took place, there's an argument to be made that there, that there's a gap in the game because of distance and strength, uh, technology. Maybe they're in better shape, maybe they're not. They, maybe they can't just swing as fast, whatever it is. But that gap, right, is maybe 20 or 30 yards between the middle top-tier guys and the low-tier guys. You're saying that... that these propose this proposed proposed model rule, if enacted in 2026, would make that gap of say 20 to 30 yards more like 50 yards. Yeah, it's 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 purport. The slower you are, the bigger the impact. So le- so Which- let's play this out. Let's play this out just a tad. So this isn't a discussion period for them. That's what they're saying. All right, let's all discuss this. Let's see how this is going to work. They're going to take, you know. Questions and comments from the from the industry or whatever until August. Um, if they settle, if they settled on 123 miles per hour as the new threshold, they only went up three. Would that be, in your mind, a still a significant change, but not an outrageous one and a, and a step in the right direction? Yeah, I don't even think they need to go up three, to tell you the truth. But if they did, then you're talking about uh, 2.3 yards for each mile per hour. So you're talking about seven yards on average for where people are currently. That would be better than that number being double or triple that. It would be better. What I'm saying is, is that I think there could be a combination of things done. I believe that the game, for its long-term health, needs the speed bump at the top tier. I'm okay with that. I know a lot of people disagree with that. A lot of tour players that are writing to me right now disagree with that. They just want to be left alone. Let us do our thing. You leave us alone. The, the, they're playing more and more courses that are they actually own. They want to make them longer. They make them longer. That they, but I do believe that for the long-term health of the game, that there ha- that it should be speed bump. That's what I've been saying right along. Just slow it down. This is this is kind of a screeching halt. But they're doing it, saying, "Well, it's not a screeching halt because players are going to continue to get better. They have gotten better. They're going to continue to get better." Well, how much is that getting have continued to get better is because of the the ball technologies. And then then you could have that conversation. Go, Maddie. Wait a minute. Don't you think the engineers who are brilliant? are going to continue to innovate and find new pathways. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. If I got pressed on that, I would have to go. Yeah, not only think about it, you're probably right. But where they're at right now. Well, you now, were talking about adding I, spin to the golf ball. Yeah. Adding the spin to the golf ball will make it harder for someone like Cameron Champ to control it, which would force him to dial back if he wants to keep the ball in play, correct? Is that the thought process with that? Well, no, it wasn't relative to just him or longest players. It was relative to the the aspirational statement by Martin Slummers that he wants the game in its essence to be based on skill. Okay. Yes, but I, that, I understand that. But I'm saying if you have a golf ball that is significantly spinnier than it is now, yeah. if they were to change those parameters, doesn't that make the golf ball at a higher swing speed harder to control? Well, it would spin more if it's mishit. So yes and no. Like, for example, if you said, if, if someone is really, if you looked at what Scotty Scheffler did at the players, 
he was amongst the leaders in total driving. He was amongst the leaders in, in, in accuracy, and he was amongst the leaders top 20 in driving distance, which means he, his, his face was, was absolutely square uh, to, the, to the path that he wanted coming to the ball because he hits a little bit of a fade. So it doesn't necessarily translate into just because you're one of the longer hitters, you're going to be long and wrong. It can translate into that because the current technologies hold the ball more online, but that's not necessarily what's going to happen. It will, in the balance, though, in my view, demonstrate ball striking skill even better, whether you're long or you're not long, regardless. It's going to demonstrate ball striking skill because if you miss hit it, if you cut it just a little bit one way or the other, you're going to get a heck of a lot of spin. Just, but that's uh, not, just They're not talking about that, so... Just to wrap a bow around some of this stuff so people get a sense of the lower-tier guys that you might not think about, right? All of these guys, all of these names I'm going to read to you are players who have an average swing speed under the PGA Tour average, which with by our math means that disproportionately they're going to lose significant yardage when they're hitting the golf ball. Keegan Bradley. Matt Wallace, Peter Malnati, you got to say Cole, the name. Give, yeah. me, give me their, their club head speed. Well, I'm, I'm going in order, so it's like from 114 and down. And if, when I change numbers, I'll tell you. Because these are all you know 114.08, et cetera. But I'm going backwards, going down. So these players, the, the mile per hour is going lower. Keegan Bradley, 114, they're still in the 114s. Peter Malnati, Martin Laird, Siwoo Kim, Colin Morikawa, 113. Tom Hoagie just shot the course record at Sawgrass. His mile per hour is tw- is two miles per hour under the tour average. So we're talking in earlier, Matt, I don't know what that, it's like 30 yards or something that we could be losing there. Mark Hubbard, Sepp Straka, Austin, uh, Austin Smotherman, Danny Willett, Masters champion Adam Hadwin, popped up just recently at the Players Playing Well, Mackenzie Hughes, Webb Simpson, Nick Taylor, Francesco Molinari, Luke Donald, Chris Kirk, Lucas Glover, another major champion. Russell Henley, Denny McCarthy, Kevin Streelman, Russell. I mean, these are not. I'm not just reading names you've never heard. These are all tour winners and major champions. We're talking about here, Matt. Yeah, I'd like to, <laughs> who I'm have their PGA Tour card. Joel list, Damon. So. I mean, Kevin Kisner. These are Ryder Cup. I mean, this is significant. My hope is, and and I believe that the although the press Matt conference, Kuchar, Zach Johnson, <laughs> the the press conference to me, sent a message that golf's governing bodies are resolute in their path. However, they still have set this up as a period of discussion. And my hope is, is that in the coming hours, days, next couple months, as, as Mike Wan was referring to it, that the discussions are proactive in And again, I'm talking about reasonable minds. I'm not talking about people at one extreme or the other, the the one extreme being don't do anything at all, leave everything exactly as it is, and the other extreme going, no, do it across the board. I'm hoping that reasonable minds will come in and say, okay, something can be done, but if you graduate it in, I I wouldn't even care if they started sooner if they graduated in, but graduated in, instead of making it hard and fast, all of a sudden you go boom, boom from 120 to 127. That's a big move. That differential right there for the vast majority of people is you're talking about 7 times 2.3. So do the math. What's that, 18? 
Uh, yeah, something like that. Dom's doing the, doing I the failed. calculation. I failed math. What is it? 7 Minus times 2.3? 16. 16.1. That right pull there out is my a TI big 83. <laughs> but, that is, but still, that's based on the average. And so the whole objective with this is to go after the top tier. They, according to their press release, the longest-hitting, fastest club head speed golfers. They're the ones that are, are presumably hitting it too far. Okay. They're going to be slowed down. How much they're going to be slowed down will depend, obviously, upon the player, but it looks like it's going to average somewhere around five to eight yards. The top guys. The average guys and anybody below that average in names like Dom was just talking about, you're talking about a fundamental shift in the game. So unless the tours, whoever adopts this, adjust the tees and the course and the lengths that they hit on the setup, you're going to see, you're going to see a, a, a vastly disproportionate game. You're going, to have a, you're going to have a game that essentially, while the intent was to slow down the biggest hitters, you're handing it to them. Folks, I'm going to let you go. I'll be on uh, Golf Channel's Golf Today coming up in a little while this morning. I'm sure you're going to ask me some questions about all of this and more. Thank you for your company earlier today. Thank you for your company and your attention and your passion. Uh, I'm sure this will be a discussion that will be ongoing for some time moving forward. Uh, it, you guys have a good day until we are together again. Goodbye for now.